BMG Partners and 1494 2AY presents The Journey Podcast. The stories you're about to hear are true. They shine a light on the events and incidents, known and unknown, that have shaped the lives of the Albury-Wodonga region's most intriguing personalities, local legends and unsung heroes. So sit back and enjoy. A warm welcome. Once again, you are with Kev Poulton as we go off on the journey of a lady who has had a substantial impact on how we commute around Albury-Wodonga, how multiple generations of kids have ended up getting to school each day and home safely once again. You may have seen Martins written on the side of a bus, Rosalie Martin, this time around on the journey. And we started speaking about her heritage to the area. I was Rosalie Duncan and I was born in Altalangata and I lived on a dairy farm up the middle north area and went to school in my primary years. I went to the now defunct Middle North Primary School. I had wonderful parents. I had a, a wonderful home background and, and I guess Christian values and a very happy childhood. How do you think other people would describe you? I, would, I don't know, but I would hope that they would think that I would be trustworthy, caring, and a good person, I guess. That's what we all strive to be, yeah, isn't it? A yeah, good person yeah. all around. So what do you do with your spare time, Rosalie, when you're not running Martins Albury? My main interest, of course, is Rotary. Prior to my marriage, we were... Um, I had played tennis and have time with my grandchildren, my family. Um, I'm very passionate about my family. I spend most weekends with them and have a meals with them throughout the week. I'm also a member of the Rotary Club of Aubrey. I've been a member since 1993 and I've made lots of friends through Rotary. My husband was in Rotary and of course I followed in his footsteps. I was nominated to be the first female in join Rotary here in, in the Rotary Club of Albury. Wow. I've held several positions. I was um, treasurer for three years with, with the Rotary and spent time working on barbecues. You've, you seem quite passionate about being a Rotary member and following in your, your late husband's footsteps. It's something you, you'll continue for as long as you can? Yes, yes, I will. And so through the Rotary, you, you raise a lot of money yeah, yeah. for less fortunate, well, not just locally, but, but around the world, don't you? Yes. Well, I was privileged to be nominated and inducted in 1980. As a businesswoman, I felt as though it was my duty and obligation to join Rotary to be part of the Albury-Wodonga community. Well, I was fortunate to be part of the Albury-Wodonga business sector, experiencing firsthand being both the recipient and the giver of assistance through different community projects. Back then, women weren't viewed with a deal, I guess, of suspicion and a little animosity. Mm. Mm. I was excited about the prospect of sharing with these other dedicated people in the Rotary Club of helping others. Today we have many ladies in our club and who are very talented and, and give their time as to Rotary as well. You've been recognised for pioneering uh, really female into some of these organisations. Let's particularly talk about with your business, Martins. 
bus company. Traditionally, you'd think it was a male-dominated sort of industry. Have you had any challenges over the years that you've sort of had to confront with that, or have you been adopted into that sort of world as time's gone on? In those days, um, when Frank was in Rotary, we uh, used to do progressive dinners, and they were very popular, and we'd have them at our home. And also several of their meetings, they would come to our home and have uh, Rotary meetings while my children were asleep. (laughs) But it's through these functions that I um, grew with other Rotarians and and became a part of the extended family. I remember the Rotary Club, they did a camping tour up to Alice Springs. My husband went on that and... Well, it's been very rewarding and fulfilling, enjoying the friendship and at all levels. So in Rotary, we do camps like Ryler and the science schools and the needy care van. And Country Hope is one of our recipients. And we do the Good Friday appeals, which has been um, very um, good for the Royal Children's Hospital in Melbourne. We've also had Rotarians who have done the Fiji building program, ensuring that people of all ages from all walks of life will lead better lives. Mm. And then I was very humbled and deeply conscious of the honour that I was presented with of Paul Harris Fellow in recognition of service to Rotary and the community in 2007. And then followed by that, I received a Sapphire Award. And I was also recognised as a friend status with the Australian Rotary Health Research Fund. Hosted the, the World International Rotary President in 2007 and we provided a vehicle for, their, for them to do their touring around Aubrey, etc. You mentioned Christian values earlier in the interview. Yes. That's something you still stand firmly by today? Yes, I'm a parishioner at the Sacred Heart Church and attend Mass every Sunday. My children were baptised and confirmed at Sacred Heart and they attended St Anne's School. And i active in supporting the children at school. I became, um, for a year I was president of, of the Mothers Club. <laughs> and going on tuck shops and fundraising for St Anne's. So I've spent quite a bit of time in my early life at St Anne's. But then Father Kevin Flanagan was the parish priest at that time. Father Bonjourna was at that time, but Father Flanagan came in. And I joined in his support crew going down the Murray River for the Red Cross Marathon. Yeah. And um, we had... A lot of fun. I bet you would have. <laughs> he was a wonderful canoeist. He was a deeply family friend. He was a family friend as well. He buried Frank and yeah, all very places. personal connection. Yeah, what about your National Trust position? I've been a member of the National Trust for 15, 20, nearly 20 years, maybe. It's the North. Uh, National Trust North East Women's Auxiliary. Every three months we have a, a meeting and attend that meeting and then at the end of the year we have a tour away, a three-day tour away, so I put the tour together and go on tour with them and made wonderful friends there. It's been a great network of people that 
extending from Shepparton right up through to Tilangata. It's a fairly large area. What's something that you could tell me now that not many people know about you, Rosalie? In a way, I'm a fairly private person. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> I do enjoy my nights out socially, but um, when you're working in the business, you just ha don't have the time to go and have a, a social life. Mm. But that has been my commitment to the business. I am certainly passionate about the business, and I, I think put every little bit of um, time into the business, I guess. Let's talk some more about your business. Um, you, when you lost your husband, you were left to run this business and sustain it and continue to build it on your own and also raise a family. Yeah. What sort of demands has this business taken over the years and, and, and what's some of the background? With the death of my husband, all things change as a result of circumstance, time or effort. And many challenges were placed before me at that time. Frank seemed to be destined for a bright and prolonged future, but this was denied him, collapsing at home after a rotary meeting. Frank's involvement in the community was multiple, being a driver and a father and a businessman and a caring human being. And his loss was felt by our family and, and many friends. It was, his death was felt by many. So I knew I had to pull myself together for the benefit of my family and to give them strength to cope. And with sheer determination, I decided to commit my time and energy into building the business based on integrity and honesty, a vision that most thought of probably was unreachable. And so a lot of water's gone under the bridge since those days. I bet. So uh, over the past 30 years, um, we've moved our bus depots from Stevens Street to David Street and finally to Fallon Street to cater for the growth of the business. We had to encounter financial difficulties, funding expansion and the acquisition of additional bus contracts across the region. And the changing dynamics of Aubrey and District also meant a significant fleet investment to the high standard we provide today. So I've always tried to maintain a personal approach to our clients, whether they be passengers on our route service or our, our clients travelling on tours, or I, even our staff have been wonderful in every way. So then I looked then further and I was able to identify three areas that probably influenced my thinking time. I call them the three M's of survival. Yeah. There's the management and the market, marketing and the motivation. And also, I'll add to that, medication. <laughs> <laughs> to keep it going later <laughs> in life. <laughs> so it was... Being a family business, I did rely heavily on all the loyal staff over the years and I appreciated their involvement. And in particular, Lionel Gilman, who was our general manager here for 25 years, and he was an inspirational mentor. To David, my son, who has now taken over the reins of running the business. Many of our staff members have remained with us over extended periods of more than 20 years. We have several people who remained with us for 20 years. For example, our Janine downstairs, she's been with us for 36 years. 
and uh, we congratulate her and it's a wonderful achievement to, for her to be here. Her contribution has been wonderful to Martins. Yeah, for sure. And so obviously there's the town buses which we see going around all day on the, on the regular commuter, commuter routes, but the touring and, and different um, specified trips have been a large part of the business too, yes, haven't they? Yes, well, that's my niche at the present moment is the travel agency. The travel agency commenced down at in 1986 and we opened up an office down in the Hume Building Society and we worked with them in promoting our tours. From then I had a little bit of sickness and we extended the travel agency down to the David Street bus depot and then with the removal we've continued on the travel agency here in in Fallon Street. Yeah. And it is a huge benefit to our business, yes. Yeah. Well, you've actually got some props lined up here today for our uh, for our interview. You've got a hat for every occasion and every well, tour, don't you, Rosalie? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a hat for every occasion, yes. I have uh, my Akubra hat, which is for our tantalising Tamworth tour, the Country Music Festival. We did that particular tour about for approximately 20 years, staying at the City Lights Caravan Park, Neil at the Wheel. He um, took those tours and he did the cooking, etc., on the tour. But it was always a very popular tour. Melbourne Cup tour, did that for approximately 20 years. We'd take coaches down, provide a chicken and champagne lunch in the car park at um, Flemington, then come back later that night. But um, it was extremely a lot of work attached to that by doing these lunches prior to going down. But um, even on occasions at the Melbourne Cup, we'd have wet, a wet Melbourne Cup and we provided plastic bags for the women to, for their good shoes that they were wearing because the car park was so soggy. Yeah. <laughs> One of our coaches was parked on the Maribyrnong River. It was backed onto the Maribyrnong River. The boats used to come in to the Melbourne Cup up the Maribyrnong River and get off at the ground at Flemington. Mm. On this occasion, one of these boats came and they tied their boat up to the bull bar on our coach. At the end of the day, the driver took off, our coach captain took off and took the boat with him up the bank <laughs> of the Maribyrnong <laughs> River. So, yes, we've had some fun at the Melbourne Cup, yes. And then talking about racing, we do the Aubrey Gold Cup. So, at Gold, we run buses through all throughout the town from Thaguna to the Gold Cup and it's a huge day for us here so nearly every vehicle is out picking up people. Yeah. Then of course we've got the tennis. It's always been popular. The Australian Open have been doing that for a number of years. It's been exciting you know, seeing all those tennis players like Bjorn, Borg and Serena and, and of course winery walkabout. We have nearly every vehicle in the yard going to walk about. And what else have we got here? What's the white hat? Where are we going with that? Well, we use that for the Kimberleys. The very hot weather in the Kimberleys. We get 42 degrees occasionally up there, so you really need the hat when you're out stepping out, looking at the ant hills. And yes, so that's the Kimberleys for the hot weather. And there's one more there with an old 2AY logo yes, on it. Yes. A barley trip. Yes. We might I, need to get those going again. <laughs> 
yes, I went on the Bali trip in 2001 with 2AY. It was a wonderful experience too. Had some fun staying at the Rock Hotel, I think it was named. With our, um, all our tours, 2AY have been responsible in a lot of ways of promoting our tours. That They were on the marketing side. Recall um, back in Peter Verhoeven's day, we commenced doing that. So it was the, or the 2AY and Martin's Music Express we used to operate. 2AY have been responsible for quite a bit of <laughs> We've looked at all the hats. It seems very glamorous. You've seen many parts of Australia and the world. Is it a job that people should aspire to do a travel agent or is it much tougher? You spoke about chicken and champagne lunches yeah, and all the behind-the-scenes work. Well, it appears from the general public to be a glamour industry. Mm. But let me assure you it's not. There's a lot of hard work that goes in, into the background of putting all these tours together, making sure your accommodation is right and all the entrances and even all the garden tours... You know, make sure every garden is right and spectacular to go to, etc. So there is a lot of hard work. Any horror stories outside the boat being pulled out of the Maribyrn on, <laughs> on the Melbourne Cup trip, tying uh, up to a bull bar of your bus? Back in 90, 1988, we put together tours to go to Expo in Brisbane. Uh, we had about 19 tours go up. On one occasion coming home, we had stayed at the International Hotel at the Gold Coast and we were around the air coming home in the black coach, the black beauty as we called it, coming home and truck driver came around the corner with a, the two-way up at his ear and we're coming around and he sliced the side of our coach off, broke a couple of windows and the... Um, handle, the exit handle, and then hit some of one of our passengers. Luckily, there was nobody hurt. So, yes, that wasn't a happy experience. I bet it wasn't. And what do you consider to be your biggest achievement in life so far? Not just business, you can go personal, you can go wherever you want to with that question. I'd say one of the highlights uh, would be 1988, when we went up to... Sydney for the tour ships coming into Sydney Harbour. I was able to obtain tickets in the actual opera house and we were looking out over Sydney Harbour. Wow. And with all these ships coming, these tour ships coming in. We had two coaches up on that occasion, but we, I was so lucky to get these tickets in this prime spot in Sydney. On that occasion, we saw Prince Charles and Diana put their foot on Australian soil. They arrived at that particular time so we could see them from the Opera House. That was, I think, one of the most exciting tours I think I've done. Do you know, do you know how many you've been on? What, if you had to put a figure on it? No. Hundreds? <laughs> Thousands? On the... <laughs> have to be a thousand. <laughs> so, I don't know. But anyway. What's the toughest decision that you've had to make in life so far? Well, Frank hadn't passed away so very long. There was a large debt owing to the company. I had to either, it looked like, sell the company or, well, I needed solicitor's help mm -hmm. to get over that problem. Anyway, I was able to get over the problem. It was just um, that large debt and trying to manage to, can I name people? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I better not name the people. Yeah. Owed us a lot of money. And it really put us on the back foot. 
if you like to put it. That was the hard decision. What do you think the best thing that's ever happened to you has been? I absolutely loved going on the tours and accompanying people. I, I've been doing all the... I'm getting to retiring age, so I thought, right, I've been doing itineraries, sitting behind the desk doing itineraries over all the years. So I thought, I'll, before I retire, I'm going to do some tours. So I've done the Kimberleys five times, Cairns, Tasmania. Yes, so I've been on quite a few of the tours. Even the smaller ones I enjoy. I enjoy the theatre shows. We started doing theatre shows back in early 70s. I think ABBA may have been one of the first. And KISS. And then uh, we went to Sydney for Cats when it originally came out here. And then, of course, we've been to all those Les Mis and Evita and all those top shows, which I wouldn't miss. You touched on being close to retirement age. <laughs> I'm not going to ask you what your age is, but when you do retire, how are you going to spend your time? What are you going to do? Are you going to go on tours? Are you going to travel? I don't know. Maybe I'll be too old to travel. <laughs> I think I'll find plenty to do. I might get pushed out. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't There's always the Rotary Club there to keep yes. you busy, that's for sure, to continue your work there. If you could be anywhere in the world tomorrow, no restrictions, no worry about money, or, or where would you be? Who would you be there with? At home with my family. The year before we did a cruise with the family. That'd be wonderful yeah. <laughs> again, I guess. I pick up very proud family connections, obviously yeah, your own yeah. family. You've had a fairly tough past, you know, losing your husband, still got a young family, yeah. got the business. You've spoken about the, the financial difficulty at the time yeah. and when you owed money in business. Your mother was a fairly strong role model. Well, she was an amazing woman and so strong and it's, it's only since I got older that I appreciated her strength because after the death of my father in a tractor accident in 1955, she continued to carry on the farm and educate us kids, my brother and I. And family was everything to her as well. And she had a sense of pride and enjoyed our ac activities and she loved us really so much. She encouraged us, if you do something, do it well and always do your best. She was certainly a role model for me because I now feel I walked in my mother's footsteps being a single mum after the premature tragic death of my husband and then facing the same challenges in life as she had of rearing young children and their education and continuing on with the family business. I was at boarding school at St Augustine's in Wodonga at the time when my father was killed. I was 14. And, and after the completion of my secondary education, I then worked for the solicitors, Wilkinson, Toomey and Kell here in Dean Street and I guess that's where I got my knowledge in relation to running a business and, and looking after people, etc. Yes, through being at the solicitors. Do you look back at that now and, and realise that how you've lived life so far, you learnt at a young age from, from your mother? Yes, yes, definitely probably what happens with most adults as they get into adult life. They're almost a reflection of how they're, they're brought up, aren't they? Yes, it's... Um... Let's go back for a moment to the three M's of survival. Yes. 
<laughs> from what they were marketing. Yes. So you feel that any business needs to tell people that you're there? Yes. Those early days we did uh, newspaper advertising. We did uh, advertising through radio to AY. Very little TV in those early days. And there was no emails, etc. You couldn't just email every second person. So I would go out and I'd talk to clubs, do presentations at clubs. Not long after Frank's death, I was on stage with Ida Buttrose. Oh, Ida Buttrose. <laughs> yes. Oh, you're and... your name dropping now, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Forum was on women in business. As I said, Frank hadn't passed away so very long, so it was a very emotional time for me to be standing up there talking, and it was great meeting Ida. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the women in business. New South Wales Woman of the Year or yes, Business Woman of the Year? What? Yes, I was chosen to be represent Albury for the Regional Woman of the Year in 2015, March 2015. My daughter and I, with the invitation from Greg Applin, we went and to Parliament House in Sydney. Uh, Greg was wonderful, took us around and showed us all Parliament House, a personal, yeah. personal tour of the Parliament House. The Honourable uh, Prue Howard, we met her and it was just an amazing event to see those women get up and speak about their situation in life. Did you feel out of place being there amongst them? How does it feel to be invited to something like that? I didn't feel out of place, I just felt it was such an honour to be there. Yeah. It was such a privilege um, yeah. and I it was something that I certainly didn't expect that I'd ever be yeah. <laughs> chosen to go. It's not something yeah. you saw that was never part of your plan was to make sure you were at that, that yeah, particular meeting, yeah, <laughs> wasn't yeah, yeah. The other three M's, so we've done marketing. Motivation. Motivation. Well, I was... What keeps you motivated? Over all those years, you've done the same thing. Not many people do well, it these days. How do you stay motivated? Well, I love what I'm doing, putting the tours together, and I love seeing the destinations that I'm going to. But when you come home and you see... People have had a wonderful time on your tour. It is, it is so great. And those people on the tours have remained my friends. And I think I've, you know, they've been wonderful. They will be friends for life, I think. Yeah. Yes. It's as simple as loving what you do. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I really thank everyone who's really supported us over the years. It's just been um, wonderful. One more M before you went to the medication, which was the unofficial fourth <laughs> one. What was the, what was the other M? Uh, management, of course. Management. Yeah. What makes a good manager? The third M is management. What? what well, I was thrown into being a manager. Those early days, I'd sit up until ungodly hours in the night, working out insurances and learning how to run the business, just reading magazines, I guess. And then I was appointed as the secretary of the Riverina Bus and Coach Association. So that was an avenue for me to get to know the industry well. Many of the operators around the district were just 
so good and wonderful. They'd ring just to see how I was getting on. And my family were so good as well. So, so management, you'd think, is a thing that becomes better with time? Yes. I guess it was only the 12 months, and then uh, Lionel became my general manager, Lionel Gilman. Yeah. As I spoke about Lionel before, he was with us for 25 years. <laughs> so you lost your husband. You're a single mum. Has the business helped you heal over the years? It has been a great healing process, a grieving process, getting, yes. I can recall the first time I walked into the office. We were in Stephen Street at that particular time, uh, two weeks after his death, and I just burst into tears. Thought, how am I going to ever, ever manage doing this? What am I going to do? Well, at that particular time, I had to make a decision whether I was going to sell or continue on the business. I decided to continue on the business with the help of everybody around me, of course. It was overwhelming. <laughs> yes, and then I had such good staff at that pr present time that they had families and they needed a position, a job, and I th thought of them that they needed stability as well. Yeah. So I decided to continue on with the rest of the family. How did it feel to be inducted into the Chamber Hall of Fame locally? Well, it was an amazing recognition. It was awesome and I was so humbled. It was something I just didn't ever think that that would happen to me. Yeah. <laughs> to be in front of all those business people at the Aubrey Entertainment Centre, <laughs> I was very humble. It's probably not something that was motivating you at the time, uh, but obviously it's a, a good reward at the tail end of, oh, of years of commitment to your was, business. It was, it was. So let's go through the Martins business. The family business, it commenced back in 32, and Dick Martin decided to accept Cox Walker's offer of selling or purchasing the business for £250 at that stage. <laughs> And that was the beginning of what was regarded to be one of the best provincial bus services in New South Wales. So after our marriage, I joined Frank in the family business called Martins Aubrey after the death of his father in 69. And then the company entered into another era and moved with the times. In 1972, we had free bus travel scheme was introduced by the government and this allowed children living outside a two-mile radius, were eligible to travel. And then in 1979, um, Border Shopping Town opened its doors and it was Aubrey's first large-scale mall. And Martin's, we were involved again. So the New South Wales Premier, Neville Rand, was to cut the official ribbon, while we at Martin's Buses were chartered for, as the mall's shuttle service on that occasion. So... In October in 1979, due to the public response, the town service was then extended to Lavington Square. And then in 1980, saw the satellite city of Thaguna being established, and with the Aubrey Wodonga Development Corporation, Martin started a bus run using a voucher system for the Thaguna residents. I think it was 10 cents at the time. Mm. So in the early uh, 70s to the 80s, it was all go. The camping tours, the safari tours, were yet one step 
forward in our company's history. We were all set up with the gear, the pyramid tents and the cooking equipment and the meals and we really experienced Australia. So camping appealed to all ages. Uh, they enjoyed the fun and all the good humour and the people who met and all these friendships that were made. You know, sitting around the campfires and, you know, having a few tins <laughs> in those days. And telling some yarns. Yes. And then uh, school excursions, camping style. They were also a part of, our, of the school curriculum. So our first student trip that we did in the 1970 was up to Alice Springs. Frank, he grimaced at the memories of the rough roads over those long distances because coaches in those days had the monopoly of going up to Ayers Rock mm. because the roads weren't suitable for cars. Mm. But we have survived and the travelling conditions improved constantly from then on. So I then took um, the yearly excursions of the Scott School to several locations They'd break up at the in December and they'd go on their yearly excursion in December. Uh, we went to Cairns, Flinders Ranges, Tasmania, Fraser Island and Perth. And then um, three and four day tours commenced uh, for the public schools going to Swan Hill, Bendigo and Ballarat and, and Canberra. Canberra was always very popular. Not so much for camping, no, that was more accommodated in Canberra. I'd, we operated out of our house in Stephen Street and I'd be cleaning the camping equipment and, and doing all the cooking prior to the tour going. I'd be cooking up all the big lasagna, the bolognese sauce and the preparing all the steaks ready to go and, and the soups. So I did all that cooking prior to the tour going so the kids had wonderful meals while they were away on tour. But of course we don't do those now. Most students either go to Nepal or Germany. Or <laughs> <laughs> I, still, their I still fondly remember, Rosalie, the, the Martins bus to Barambula in oh, Year 4. Yes, yes, and yes. then the coach to Canberra in Year 6. Yeah. I still firmly remember those out of school. Um, what was next for the business after you had that sort of period? Into the 80s. 90s. Well, 90s. Frank passed away yep. in 84. Yep. So but business in, there was um, purchasing vehicles to keep up with the demand. So that was a challenge as well. Yeah. And I can recall purchasing a coach and we were paying 23% on that particular vehicle. We got this loan, 23% yeah. we were paying to, keep that, to get yeah. that vehicle. Yeah, big interest rates. Bit different nowadays. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Rosalie, retirement's almost here for you. Is, is the fleet the largest it's been over the history? Oh, of, yes, yeah, yes. And so yeah. it'll continue to grow. What, yes, what do you think the future of Martins looks like? Is it still coach tours or coach-related travel? Well, our core business is really the school runs and the charter work. The travel agency is of the coach touring will continue to happen, but I possibly won't be here to see it. <laughs> You've built up a good rapport with the people and I do not want to see it disappear. Yep. So your son's now actively in the business? Yes, he's operating the coach and bus side of it. But I have wonderful girls downstairs who will be able to control the and manage the other side of it. But hopefully, I, 
I'm going to continue as long as I can. <laughs> and hopefully my experience will be respected, I guess. Well, well rewarded, well recognised yeah. in yeah. recent years. Your yeah. contribution to not just the bus industry, yeah. but business in all Rudonga and yeah. New South Wales. Thank you so much for stepping outside your comfort zone with me today. I appreciate it. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, and I really appreciate being able to sit here and listen yeah. to some of well, and learn more about it. Yes, it's um, been wonderful. I do enjoy talking about the business and the success it's had. Thanks for listening to The Journey. At BMG Partners, they enable people to achieve their dreams. And if listening to this conversation got you thinking about your journey and whether you're on track, they'd love to hear from you. Head to bmgpartners.com.au. Thanks again for listening. See you next time.